I'm not kidding when I think this is probably my 60th attempt to doing this because my head hurts and I'm dying of hay fever, but I need to get this done. So this is episode 12. No, it's 13, number 13. I'm lucky 13, which is actually quite fitting because this is attempt number two at doing this with Andy. I went down to Liverpool about a year ago and did one and we had a few drinks and about five minutes towards the end, I stand on the power cable rip it out and lose absolutely everything and it was devastating but we got there it just I don't know, a year later i forced it upon him to do a second one i felt it was important to do one with andy so we did it i'm glad it happened we chat about all things music that he's done all things food that he's done both it was like a kind of split conversation of half music career half food career during the episode, Andy was making us dinner, so you hear Alexa go off a couple of times for a timer, you can't really hear it, but I thought I'd point out. Anyway, we chatted a lot about music, like, like I said, there's a couple of mistakes, Andy said, die with your boots on, my maiden was on, Power Slave, it wasn't, it's peace of mind, that's why I didn't know, because I don't really like that album, and I said something about God Takes Us All by Slayer, but it's actually the song Disciple, again, I'm pointing out, because somebody's going to listen to it and go, there's not that, and I'll be like, well... I knew that, so it was my fuck up. I felt it was important to do an episode with Andy. He, I don't think he appreciates how well he has done with Meat Hammer, especially. If you've ever worked with Andy, or if you ever if you ever went to his restaurants, it was always the best of the best. Nobody can say that anything that was produced in the Meat Hammer kitchen wasn't the, the finest of good food. It was the best. I've never worked in an environment that was... Not not tense, but it was just very, very strict and very particular. But it produced the best quality. And it's something that I've taken from working with him and definitely helped me through the years of working after. He's just that his working attitude's different class, so you can't get that anymore. As well, Andy doesn't really like praise a lot, but he's a brilliant guy. And I, I felt it was important for him to have something like this a kind of platform to speak as well because he's never really done something. He did the James versus Food documentary and that and a couple other wee things but I felt like something like this was important so I forced it upon him and we did well. But thank you for, to anyone who has listened, who has shared the podcast, the standard issue, rated it. Just thank you, yeah. I'm glad we finally got this done. Number 13. I've not given up yet which is good. I don't want to give up because I'm Quite, I really like doing this actually chatting to people traveling about speaking to cunts is nice so yeah I'm going to shut up now because I'm rambling on and this is this is weird this is the best take out of I'm not joking about 60 and that's so bad I should give up so episode 13 with Andy Yates Now. Yeah. Um, right, so Andy Yates part two. When I say part two, what happened the last time? 
What are you asking me? I'm asking you what happened last time. You didn't have it plugged in. I didn't know I did have it plugged in. Well, I, you um, unplugged it halfway through. Well, not no. even halfway through at the beginning. We were, nah, we were like an hour and a half into it and we had like five minutes left and then... You realised you hadn't plugged it in? No, I stood in the cable to get, I mean, I was, I was leeching over to take my beer and I stood in the cable and then I frantically, frank, frantically looked back trying to find that... And then you went into the kitchen to get something. I had a wee tear in my eye when you were in the kitchen. I was like, I've just fucking <laughs> fucked it. And then, funnily enough, the next day, I went down to Swindon Mine to get tattoos and I did another podcast. That one, something bad went wrong when the mic saw the feedback was coming through. So I'd done one episode, came to you, went to Swindon, and that was a, uh, that was the longest seven and a half hour drive back because, like, I'm just like, you're not meant to do this at all. Hand of doom. I know, you're just not meant, you're just shit at this, so stop. <laughs> so luckily, I uh, I regrouped myself, which is all good. So we're doing part two. We've discussed it. I've forgotten half the questions because that week I drank myself into a fucking oblivion. <laughs> and you've just got a shit memory in general, so yeah, yeah. It should, we should be fine. The, the, uh, the trials and tribulations of old age started Exactly, I Fucking kicking 54 now. Am I the oldest? Fuck off. No. Uh, 51? Nah, how old? Am, am I the oldest you are, one? You are the, uh, the No, one? how old David? I think Rossi was like, I think he's like 45 or something. Oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's 41. He's 41. Uh, try to think good question yes you're the oldest by quite a few years wow at least 10 so at least 10 this is yeah <laughs> so you were meant to be episode 2 last time so you're now this will suit you to the fucking T you're now is it episode 51 no 13 ah, ah. It, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you're now yeah well yeah 13 so this kind of goes well for you right 13 the beast is rising <laughs> name the song I don't know. It's not Number of the Beasts. That's no. nah. 13 the Beast. What song is it? 13 the Beast is Rising. The Frenchman will surmise. Who? What song is it? Iron Maiden. What one? If You're Gonna Die. Is that what's, what yeah, was it? Yeah, Boot song. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Sorry. That fucking blew past me. I thought you were a Maiden fan. I am a Maiden fan, but. Well, what album's that from? Dowie Boot song. That's on somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, someone in town. No, no, yeah. no. no. P- uh, Power Slave. Power Slave. Power Slave. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Okay. If You're Gonna Die. Tie your boots if you're gonna try. Well, dick around, gonna cry. <coughs> Just move along if you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Thirteen, <laughs> the beast is rising, etc., etc. You know how on like Instagram you get like wee sound bites. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm gonna post is you singing that wee Bruce Dickinson harmonics there. Oh man, so we're gonna be the worst music ever made. Yeah. If you have any listeners, and I'm gonna be zero. <laughs> Death threats. Death threats. Fucking, that's all you need. <laughs> Just add to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm even gonna get a death threats. It's you. Sake. I think it started a lot smoother the last time. No, oh, this is pretty smooth. It's all Galaxy Core. <laughs> Andrew Yates, that's your full name. <laughs> yes, we'll go yes, with that. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, you're currently living in Liverpool. Correct. But where did you live before that? Uh, Dunfermline. What was your origins? My origins? Yeah. Like from the dawn of history, like 51 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Plymouth. Plymouth. <gasps> yeah, I was born in Plymouth. See, I actually forgot that question. That's quite good. Yeah, I, was born I would have said Pitcorthy. Pitcorthy into Plymouth. Oh, sorry. No. Plymouth into Pitcorthy. No, no, no. Plymouth, aye, Plymouth. Plymouth. And then my um, old man was in the Navy. So he was like drafted up from uh, Devonport to Rosyth. Right. And we moved up from Plymouth to Rosyth in 1977. So I lived in Pitcorthy from 1977 until I left home, went to uni in Edinburgh in 19. 19- 90 or 1991 or whatever 
for an upgrade from the Teresa Heath. Fucking hell, man. Vic Corthy was all right. <laughs> um, Spam Valley used to call it, I remember when I was at school. What, Pit Corthy? Yeah. Oh, I think meant Rosyth. That's the, the garden, oh, no, no, the, that's man, the garden no. city. Yeah, I never lived yeah. in Rosyth. Fuck that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never lived in Rosyth. <laughs> I grew up in Rosyth. Well, everybody's got a cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, I, I remember seeing your like, house. Just It's near that roundabout by the motorway. Yeah, yeah that's where my mum my mum used to... Well, mum still lives there, eh? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. you lived there when you were working in the old inn. I did, yeah. I think it was like... A month after I left the old inn was when I got kicked out. And then <laughs> I, I I even downgraded to Inverkeith then. Did you? Know, you? Uh, yeah, I had to go stay with my gran for like three months. It was, oh, I nice. loved it. I mean, it was good, but it was shit. You know what I mean? Because uh, that was like in the same week I'd shot, I shot myself in the finger and the thumb with a oh, nail yeah, gun. Oh yeah, when you're making then, pallets. Yeah, so in the same <laughs> week I managed to shoot myself in the thumb, get kicked out my flat and flip my car. So when I was stuck in the Marquis, I couldn't yeah. even drive I anywhere. Your car flipping. I couldn't even go anywhere. Yeah. I was like, the shittest week of my life. Where about in Marquis then, was it? Uh, near the school. Near in the high school. High. Yeah, in Marquis and High. So I had to get the train every day to to Burnt Island to go and build wooden pallets. Brutal. I know, it was a fucking shit time. <laughs> oh, well, character building Stodmund. I'll go with that one, huh? Makes you the man you are now. <laughs> right. Uh... I kind of know these questions anyway. What was your first taste of metal? I'm sure it was that album, uh, the one that's got Man of War. Was it Man of War? That was the first album I bought. Yeah. Man of War Hail to England. My first yeah. foray into metal. Uh, when I was younger, I used to share a room with my big brother. He was a couple of years older than me. And uh, if you've ever shared a room with your big brother, you know, pecking order is always like the big brother takes control over what music goes on in the bedroom. And uh, I remember, like, I don't know, man, it must have been, I don't know, 78, 79. He came back with uh, the Bat Out of Hell album and uh, heard Bat Out of Hell for the first time, the song Bat Out I thought the, most of the rest of the album at the time I thought it was pretty shit um, because it was a bit a bit Lloyd Webber, a bit musical and all that kind of stuff. But I thought Bat Out of Hell as a song was, like, phenomenal. I heard it and I was like, oh, man, well, that's Fucking, you know, that's all right, man. Was, uh, <clears throat> and then he would like come back and he would like, uh, like play Deep Purple and Jethro Tull and Black Sabbath. And uh, in the early, early 80s, like he would listen to the Friday Rock Show with Tommy Vance on Radio One that started at nine o'clock and played through to midnight. And then he would listen to the Radio Clyde Rock Show from midnight to one o'clock with Tom Russell, would do the radio, and then. You listen to it in headphones, and then whenever there was a song that was worth, you would tape it. So whenever you said, "This next song is whatever it was," and you would tape it, and then on the Saturday morning you'd play it back what you would taped, and let me listen to it. And then that was my first exposure to Iron Maiden and Man of War and Venom. Uh, I remember hearing like uh, you said, "Oh, last night." I, they played Venom. And I was like, fucking hell, because I'd read about it in like Kerrang, back when Kerrang was credible you know, in the early 80s. And it's like, you know, before it became like a teenage, like, wank stain. Um, and everybody knew like Venom, like, fucking hell, you know, like cutting edge, you know, really extreme and controversial. And I was like, I can't wait to hear Venom. And he played it. Well, he didn't play Venom, he played Man of War. And it was like uh, Kill With Power. I thought, fucking hell, man, this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And um, 
loved it. And a couple of um, uh, episodes later of Friday Rock Show, he'd played a few more. I think they'd just released Hail to England. Um, it was maybe like 83 or something like that. Um, and they released a couple more like songs from it. And uh, my brother had recorded them and I'd listened to them. I said, oh man, that's so good. The best thing I've ever heard. At the time, you know, I was like, like utterly in love with Number of the Beast, which was released in 82. And to me, that was like, man, this is the best. And I felt a bit bad um, enjoying Man of War. I felt like I was betraying Iron Maiden. I thought, oh no, I love Iron Maiden, but I love Man of War even more because it's just a bit heavier and just a bit faster. Uh, so uh, at the time I was like living in Dunfermline and they, knew, you know, they had one record store it was in the basement of John Menzies in High Street um, I don't know if John Menzies is even there still is it? W.H. Smith W.H. Smith yeah, but that yeah. used to be John Menzies and they had a it's record not a, it's not a post office yeah they had a record store in the basement that was the only record store in Dunfermline um, and I had to go and obviously they weren't going to be stuck in Man of War <laughs> so I had to go to the woman in the desk and say I'd like to order I went one day mum picked me up from school and we went in and uh, so she took me in, like I was like like twelve or eleven or something. And she said, "I said to the woman, I said, I'd like to order this album. It's Man of War, is the name of the band. You had to like you had a wee like checklist you had to fill in. Man of War is the name of the band. Hail to England is the album, and Music for Nations is a record label. You had to put the, the label. Yeah, yeah, and then." Yeah, I think you had to see the, the format you wanted, whether you wanted vinyl or you wanted cassette. And I didn't have a record player, so I had to order it on cassette. And she said, and <laughs> the woman by the counter said, are you sure you want to order that, son? Are you sure you want to buy that? I said, yeah, yeah, I've heard, heard the songs. I love them. Uh, so like, paid the money. It was like maybe, I don't know, three quid or four quid or something. Uh, and then, you know, it took... I can't even remember how long it took to get two weeks, three weeks, four weeks for it to be delivered. Um, but I was a bit disappointed because it didn't have the lyrics on it. It didn't have a lyric sleeve on it. So you just got the cassette. The cassette? Yeah. Did I not have a fold out? Nah. Well, no. it had a fold out, but it was just like the artwork yeah. and the thank you list and stuff. But it didn't have the lyrics and I was a bit pissed off with that. I thought, ah, oh, man, it's a bit of a cop out that. You know, what sort of band do you, you can't even like fucking put the lyrics on? Anyway, um, that was my first metal purchase. Um, uh, it was Man of War Hail to England and how did you get into like heavier stuff Ach, it was just that, a natural just pro- progression yeah. it was just a natural progression like so Man of War wasn't cutting it so it got heavier and then I, like um, once again it was um, listened to the Friday Rock show and I heard like uh, Seek and Destroy by Metallica and I thought oh man that's fucking heavy as fuck <laughs> Like, and then it went, I thought, whoa, because it's a totally different guitar tone that Man of War uh, Iron Maiden used. And it was just a bit a bit more raw. And uh, um, and so I heard that, and I was like, oh, man, I've got to get an album. So I got the album, and I thought, oh, man, this is phenomenal. Uh, and I just remember listening to it. I'd come home from school, and I'd listen to it from start to finish. Um, uh, and it was just like this is great loved it loved it um, and I kind of like fell out of love with Iron Maiden a bit more fell out of love with Man of War because they were like starting to just get a bit 
a bit ploddy and then Iron Maiden introduced uh, guitar synths with uh, Summer in Time and I thought man this is it this is no way I can't I can't listen to metal with synth especially guitar synth yeah and I was like can't do it and then Metallica were offering that and then you got uh, Ride the Lightning and I remember hearing Creeping Death I thought fuck me that's even heavier than yeah. It's heavier than everything that was on um Kill 'em all. Kill 'em all. Um except except Whiplash. No, 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 no. Like Kill uh Kill 'em all, pretty much all the songs are excellent. You don't fast forward a single song, Kill 'em all. Whereas on Ride the Lightning, Escape Escape, yeah. First, yeah. Like yeah, is it was yeah. like second song inside B. Fucking hell man. Get rid of that shit. It's the worst song metallic well. Up until 88, one of the worst songs you've ever done. It's fucking bollocks. Yeah. Rubbish. Uh, it was written in the studio, I think. Yeah. Rubbish. Like there and then. Oh. We need an extra song. Dreadful. Yeah. And that, that to me, uh, like, you know, utterly was like the, you know, what's the term of phrase? Not a nail in the, nail in the, nail in the coffin. Aye, nail in the yeah. coffin. To me, that was the first nail in the coffin for Metallica. Um, after that, uh, Master of Puppets. That's flawless. Perfect, perfect yeah. album. Perfect album, start to finish. Production's great, vocals are great, album covers great, you know, thank you list, lyrics, the works, everything's there. Everything's there. Uh, and then at the same time, that was like 86, and then you had like Rain and Blood. Everyone's got the crossbear Stodman. <laughs> You've obviously got a few crosses. <laughs> A whole, <laughs> a whole phalanx of crosses. Right. Crossman of Antioch. <laughs> That's not bad. They quite like that. Crossman. Why did I ask you to do this again? <laughs> right, so Chadwick Rain and Blood took the alarm off. So you got to Rain and Blood. You're at 86, roughly. Yeah, 86, 87. And we were like talking the like prime premiere for thrash metal. I was like 14, 14, 15. So I was like, you know, perfect perfect age to be like getting Influenced. into, into yeah. thrash metal yeah. and you know man it was like slayer was coming at you megadeth was coming at you anthrax was coming did you Exodus. not have hello Beats before that i never heard it did never heard not, it really? no i never heard it never it was it was quite hard to like living in dunfermline you know it was pretty hard to like <laughs> come across that the yeah. only you would read about it in like kerrang um but actually getting your physical hat you can't just like go onto Spotify or YouTube and say, oh, type in Rain and Blood or Hello Eights and get it. You know, you had to A, find a record shop that stocked it and then like um, be able to listen to it that way or um, order it and, you know, and then it was that massive uh, worry of will I, you know, spent a fiver on an album, will I actually like it, you know, because back then a fiver was a lot of money when you were like a schoolboy, you were a fourteen year old. I mean, you know, you were relying on like washing your dad's car to get like fifty p. Uh, so, yeah, it was you know it was hard to listen to music back then. You know, getting tapes and records and whatnot. Um, it was like a lot of my uh, like metal exposure was through the radio, Radio One on a Friday night, and my big brother, like what he would like listen to as well, um, and he he like uh, like kind of like mid eighties, he kind of like drifted off the heavier stuff and went into a bit more, 
a bit more mainstream like Magnum and King's X and uh, uh, Tesla and the kind of that. So you never, never, never really got into the like cock rock and the like hair metal scene, but he didn't like pursue the heavier avenue. Like you I just did. went darker into the cave. Oh man, just like you know, headlong, headlong. You know, like you got justice when it came out. Eh? I did justice. Got in. It was like I was. I remember, like at the time, it was like one of the like most anticipated albums I've ever like expected. I was like, oh. and uh, the press, like in '88, you know, there was more metal press. There was me- there was raw. I think it was raw power. Yeah. Um. There was Metal Hammer. There was like Metal Forces. There was like the American ones. Um. I think Metal Forces was the American one. There was Kerrang, which was still all right then. Um, and uh, you know, the, you know, it was like real, like high anticipation for Justice. And when it got released, I got it, and you know, I got the the album had the lyrics and everything else. Um, listened to it, thought, oh man, this is phenomenal. But as everybody does, everybody says the production was a bit, a bit dry. It was one sided. It was a bit, yeah, it was a bit. Uh, you know, after like Master Puppets, where the production was a lot more rounded, and you know, if you could envisage the production as a shape, you'd think, man, Puppets was a bit circular, oval, softer. Whereas Master Puppets was, I don't know how you would envisage, um, not Master Puppets, Justice. I don't know how you would envisage it as a shape, but it was certainly, I wouldn't say angular, per se, but certainly. Um, or as rounded as Master of Puppets. Um, and it had, in my opinion, a couple of fillers on it. In my eye, I would say, Eye of the Beholder. Really? Fucking hell, man. I hate you that like song. That? hate it. Do you see what I see? So it wasn't as well rounded. No, I like it. And I just, yeah, it just seemed maybe not as natural, didn't flow as well. Um, so what about the Black Album? That was your first tour. No, f- no, my first first time I saw Metallica was Justice, Edinburgh Playhouse. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. It was great. They had the Doris coming off and all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was like exceptional. It was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. I remember even like um, when I was at school. So that was eighty eight. It was like I think it was September the twenty third, eighty eight, and the fucking tickets cost seven quid. And t shirts cost eight quid. The t-shirt costs more than the gig. T-shirts always cost more than the gig. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Well, not, well, not, not, not Metallica, yeah. Well, I know. I wouldn't have yeah. been £110 for a fucking Metallica <laughs> t-shirt. Fuck that. No, no. So what was your first gig again? Uh, it was Megadeth. Megadeth. Um, and that was March 88. Good Same stuff. year. And that was for a So Far So Good So What tour. Right. And that was phenomenal. Who supported? Do you remember? Uh, it was... Irrelevant if you can't remember. Oh, it was a guy with long blonde hair. Yeah, it was. Ah, uh, what was he called? They were fucking. Um, no, nah, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. You were at the mind that uh, flyer I sent you, the Slayer Mega Clash of the Titans. Yeah, at yeah, the it Edinburgh. Yeah, it was the... Ingolston. Yeah, Ingolston by the airport. Yeah, yeah. fucking that. Was, that's some lineup as well. It was great, apart from the fact that because of the the way it worked, like you got there and uh, pretty. 
Aye, fine. Okay, Google, stop. That's done, I've sorted it. Fair enough, keep going. Uh, getting in, like you, know, you said, like doors at X time and blah, blah, blah. Um, so pretty much 90% of people miss Suicidal, Suicidal of the opening band. Uh, so we got in and we just caught like maybe the last two or three songs of Suicidal and the place was empty. So it was like Suicidal playing to a, like 200 people in a massive aircraft hangar. Yeah. So, you know, it was pretty shit. Um, but then it was like, yeah, I think then after them it was Testament and then Megadeth and Slayer. Then that particular one with the headline band. Um, Testament are all right. I've never been a huge fan of Testament. I just find them like a poor man's Metallica. Um, I, I know they've got some like pretty thrashy tunes, but I just can't do Testament. Don't like them. Never have. Uh, I've never seen them since that gig, and that was 91, 90 or 91, I think. Um, would never see them again. So you narrowly avoided them for 32 years. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, Megadeth, they were phenomenal. I thought they were f- fantastic. And it'd be hard to, like, you know, beat them as a headliner. Is that the Seasons in the Abyss era? Yeah, it was Seasons in yeah. the Abyss tour. Yeah, yeah it was Seasons in the Abyss tour. Uh, once again, uh, I would say South of Heaven hasn't got a bad song on it. Rain and Blood hasn't got a bad song on it. Seasons in the Abyss have got a couple of bad songs on it. Um, I think Seasons of the Abyss for me was uh, the end of like Slayer's consistency. Um, all the albums after that are all right. You know, there's some good songs on it, but I think they kind of lost their uh, mojo. Uh, Divine Intervention was the next one that was pretty yeah. shite. I didn't even buy that. I couldn't even tell you a single song off Divine Intervention. Yeah, and then they did that like Diablos and Musica. That's Oh, and they they did they did the the album covers. Yeah, um, the metal one. Uh, oh, that's fucking the I love punk that one. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, uh, undisputed attitude. Undisputed attitude. Yeah, I think that's great. I love that album. And then um, they did God hates us God all, hates which us was all. which was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Which got released on nine eleven. Oh really? Aye, uh, yeah. I couldn't even tell you a got, song off God hates us all. God hates us all. That's a song. Is it, is yeah. it, did they even play any of them live? Payback. The pay, they used to play payback. Right. Payback's a bitch, motherfucker. That one. Right. And then they did um, my favorite album, Christ Illusion. Right. I don't know. Songs off that. Jihad. Either. The one's got Jihad in it. Yeah. And, yeah. So, but no, I do agree in terms of like, like, South of Heaven was like the last full good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Abyss was like half and half. Yeah, and yeah. But, that, but still, though, to see Slayer in that era would be like fucking minted. Oh, it was great. Kerry King had great. hair and knee tattoos. Yeah, and he wasn't yeah. such a wanker. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so what made you get into the metal scene in terms of playing? How did you get a guitar? Ugh, I was always, I remember like listening to like Maiden back in like 82, 83 in the room with my brother, like, you know, like jumping about in the bedroom with tennis rackets, like, ah, oh, I'm fucking going to play guitar, want to play guitar. Uh, and then dad like gave, gave me a guitar. I don't know, man, it was like 14 or 15. It was a big, fat, shitty acoustic guitar with a massive action on it. It was like really hard to play. And uh, like, I couldn't play with Plectrum, and I remember like learning to play uh, uh, Master of Puppets with my thumb <laughs> instead of like with the Plectrum, but just playing with my thumb and uh, thinking, oh man, this is really difficult. But I just persevered, and and when I got to like uh, I don't know, seventeen or eighteen, I bought my first guitar from a electric guitar from a guitar shop in Edinburgh. I think it was called a Marina. The guitar was a Marina, pretty shit guitar. Um, I bought a Laney amp from Sound Control. Oh, Kenny's music. Wait, no, yeah, down, down, down yeah, by the Glen, down, the yeah, gates. Yeah, yeah from yeah. there. 
that was the only like the like music shop in um from I knew one of the one of my friends from school used to work there part time, um. So you know, get a bit of special treatment. You know, maybe get a flea plectrum every time or whatever. Uh. So I got that and uh, you know, like uh, got the uh, Metallica music book for um, uh, Master of Puppets. I think it was Cherry Lane. Cherry Lane Publishing would re- get the music books and like. Just learned that. I remember it was like when I was studying for more O grades. It was all like from O grades. I got pretty good results from O grades, and then for my hires, well, I spent too long like playing guitar, and I got like poor results from my hires because I was like too busy like not studying and like you well know, studying to play the thing that should not be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did that transition into like being in a band. What what started that off? Because Dilla wasn't the first thing, was it? No, 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 it was like, uh, uh, once I left school, I moved through to Edinburgh, um, and, uh, you know, there was a, like, a really good, like, thrash metal scene in Edinburgh in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, every Sunday at the Edinburgh venue, which is just down behind the railway station, it's no longer there, it's now a hotel, I think, they had a Sunday night, uh, Sunday night mosh pit, and it was loads of bands there, all that thrash band, Acid Rain, um carcass bolt thrower and any like touring band would play if they were playing scotland they would play the edinburgh venue and um you know um i remember like my first band i ever saw live was megadeth in march and then the next band i saw was napalm death um in the edinburgh venue i think it was like doing the enslavement to obliteration tour um, and after having seen Megadeth in a um, a big venue, a big venue, and then going to see a like really intense yeah. grindcore band in a small packed venue, I was terrified. I remember like going in, seeing all these cunts, um, like saying, "Fucking hell, man! I'm, look at these guys. <laughs> these guys look terrifying." Getting into the place, um. And uh, it was jam-packed, and I was like, Christ almighty, this is, like, you know, scary. But, when you know, it, you know, once it got going, it was great. And, uh, yeah, that was, so that was my second gig ever. Um, I totally get you, though, with the, like, so my first kind of gigs were Motorhead and Maiden, big pyro, big lights, yeah, big yeah. setup and that. And yeah. then I went to a gig in Aberdeen, seen Death of Anna in the tunnels, and I was like, yeah, where's all the? Where's yeah, all I've the... never seen anybody stage driving before. You yeah, don't see uh, that in yeah, a, like, you don't see, in a yeah, playhouse gig. Yeah, because you can't get in the fucking stage. But yeah. it's uh, it's quite eye opening when you go to like a dive bar. But yeah, they're, they're a lot better, I think. Well, they, they are. They've yeah. both got their their, yeah. their perks and that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like t-shirts were a fiver. You know, the ticket was like I think to get in it was like one pound fifty or something. It was insane. And they didn't even have a set list. Lee Dorian was insane. Oh, I don't know what song we're gonna do next. Uh, Shout it out. It was yeah. just like it was. It was crazy, and but it was so busy. It was hot. It was just such like uh, unforget unforgettable intense experience. But so how did you get into playing with bands there? Yeah. So uh, I'd been playing guitar and I was getting you know reasonably proficient. Um, and uh, I did a yeah. So I was at uni, went to uni, and uh, one summer, I uh, got a part-time job up Lothian Road, 
in some like shit for brains Scottish themed uh, uh, how would you call it themed it was like some sort of themed uh, uh, it was a restaurant it was a club at night uh, but during the evening it was a Scottish themed banquet with like uh, some girl who would do some Highland dancing, some guy would play the bagpipes and all that kind of like see you Jimmy it's a tourist bollocks. Yeah, and you would have like yeah. coach loads of like Americans and etc. to come along. Hey, I went to Scotland and that's what I saw. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh one of the KPs there was a guy called uh, Roddy Anderson de Sanchez. Um who was into metal and we just got chatting away. You know, you know, you you know, when you Somebody else is into metal, you're naturally drawn to them. Uh, so we got chatting away, and uh, I think he was 17. And I was like, no, he was maybe 18, and I was like maybe 20. Uh, we got chatting away, and he said, oh, pff, you know, do you like X band and that band? And he was like, we are about a pretty close musical taste. And he said, do you fancy, like, you know, having a jam one night? Because he played, at the time, he played bass, and I played guitar. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, so we, like, I went around to his flat and you know we had a like mess about and um, we sort of like said, well, you know, I know a guy. He 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 said he knows a guy who's plays drums. A guy called Chris, um, and uh, you know, do you fancy like you know? paying like 20 quid, having a practice room for a couple of hours and we'll get a drummer in and have a jam. So we did that and, you know, we had a had a knockabout and it was all right. And uh, we formed a like kind of hardcore band called Scarred, um, which is <laughs> probably pretty shit in reflection. No recordings or anything or live stuff? Or... Uh, we did play a few gigs. Um, demo, you got a demo tape? Nah, we, no. we, had, we had a tape, um, a demo tape. I think John Scott, the old singer, has got a copy of it. But, you know, back then, you know, you didn't have CDs or anything like that. We were, like, talking, like, 1991, 92. Um, uh, so, yeah, we recorded maybe, like, like a three or four song demo. Uh, but nothing really happened to that. And then Chris, Chris the drummer, left and he moved to America. And, yeah. um, I lost touch with the Sanchez for a while. And then um, we got back in back in touch again. We'd see each other at gigs over the like the nineties and stuff. And then uh, we eventually got back in touch, you know, like uh, like early two thousands and said, you know, you fancy like getting you know doing a band. And at this time, he had gone from bass to guitar. Um, and thought, yeah, we'll have a go. And our like our musical avenues had still progress in the same direction we'd got into kind of um more discordant more noise we'd done the death metal thing um <clears throat> um so we had like uh like thrash metal death metal and then more like kind of like discordant noise stuff um and that's the kind of stage we're at and they're like you see 2000 2001 and then we got zilla together um with a view to doing kind of discordant damage death metal kind of stuff zilla started and rock is dead that was the first ep did they uh when rock goes wrong when rock goes wrong yeah 
yeah, when Rock Goes Wrong EP, two thousand and one or two thousand roughly. Yeah. Uh, how did you record that one? How did we record it? Aye. Uh, Pushed and underfunded. <laughs> underfunded. Uh, yeah, just went to recording studio and flipped drums and some apps and recorded it. You did a physical of that, eh? Hey, there is a physical of that somewhere, like a physical copy. There is. Uh, you used to be I CDs. You used to be able to get CDs of that. Um, it was all like self-funded and self-released. Never the only album we ever had a a, a record label backing, like inverted commas, was for a substitute for catastrophe, and that was uh, Retribute Records. I remember we had to go down to like Peterborough. We played a gig in Peterborough. And that was where they that record company was like based, and we did the gig there, and we had to meet the record company afterwards. Ah oh, man, we loved your stuff. And we use a he's a one album deal, and we were like, "Fucking yes, we made it!" And uh, yeah, obviously never saw a penny of anything. Yeah, I don't even know me. We did have a wee slot in HMV in like record shops under Z in the metal section for Zilla. Next to Zebrahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zebrahead. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was there. And that's cool. I mean, yeah, that was all right. Yeah. You're probably like the last CD on the rack. In yeah, the I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody bought it. It's the sort of thing that we used to clean a toilet with and you'd flush it down to get rid of the skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, you know, we so we had that record deal, and but, you know, it didn't, you know, man, it didn't do anything for us in any way financially you know it was still an expense we'd still be touring and you know like uh we like play gigs and we'd like sleep in the van even when we played in peterborough we had to sleep in the we slept in the fucking van in the car park we had to like play the gig loaded the shit into the van had nowhere to stay the cunt from the record label didn't give us anywhere to stay uh so we stayed in the club all night it was like after the metal show had finished it was full of like ali g cunts in some sort of yeah. like hip-hop club we were hanging about like obviously, look at these cunts into metal, and it's full of like surrounded by like Ali G wannabes. And then at the end of the club, like three in the morning, we're like, all right, we've got nowhere to stay, so we just like got into the van, slept in a fucking car park, and then had a shower in the M1 motorway service stations on the way up the road. But I mean, we've got a record deal for an album, and got nothing for it. <laughs> Rock and roll. What eh? What was the kind of highlights of playing with Zilla? Because obviously, apart from I know the big one, well, not the big one, but like one of the cooler ones to say was obviously you supported Mastodon in their first ever we Scottish did, gig. We did, we did. We supported Mastodon in their first ever Scottish gig, which is pretty impressive because we were like big fans of Mastodon back in the day. Um, We support, played with uh, Napalm Death. We pl- played with Brutal Truth. Um, But one of the high points, I would say, was when we played in Eindhoven in Holland. Um, We played with some Dutch metal bands. Uh, one of them's called Isle of Man, which is kind of like quite a tech, tech kind of like style, like post metal, post metal death metal band kind of vibe. Um, but you know, we got flown over. They paid for our flights over there. Is this a Peterborough folk? No, 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 no. Nothing to do with no, no. This was like the the guys in Holland. Uh, um, so we they paid for our flights to go over. We got accommodation, we got a rider, we got a fucking dressing room, we got money for the gig, uh, we got a crowd. <laughs> um, De Sanchez uh, almost got laid 
And it was like women were up because he was like beautiful, long ginger hair at the time. And, you know, he was like, well, oh, fucking like rock god, Scottish rock god. So all these Dutch women were like loving him. Uh, but it was great. It was great. Like in Holland, um, as opposed to the UK, they get government like finance for bands to like play. Um, so, you know, they could give money for accommodation, for food, for riders, for flights. Whereas over here, you're lucky, you you know, you play a gig and you're lucky if you get, like, money for a six-pack at the uh, end of the night. You know, water, it's, water and crisps at the end yeah, of the night. Aye, yeah, aye, aye. Stale, stale crisps and fucking yeah. rancid water. Um, so that was one of the highlights. Um, and it, it was just, like, chalk and cheese, um, like, from going to play in, like, a venue. I remember, like, playing a, a gig in... I don't know, man. It was somewhere in the north of England. It was Bradford or Sheffield or somewhere <coughs> playing a gig. And then uh, staying overnight in somebody's flat above one of these, like, fried chicken shops. And it was, like, one of the fucking shittiest flats you've ever seen. And you're like, you know, you'd think you'd get fleas coming out the next morning. Didn't get a wink as everybody on the floor. You know, there was no bedding provided. Uh yeah, so it is, it is what it is. I mean, you play these gigs. You play these gigs because, you know, you do it because it's, you know, part what, of what you love. Part of what it is. Yeah. You you don't go, you know, when you start playing extreme metal, you don't go anywhere expecting to get money. As long as you're like maybe the cost of the van and the petrol is covered, which more often than not is not covered. But, you know, if you can get, like, a tenner or a 20 quid to it, you know, it makes things a bit more palatable. Uh, but, yeah. Back then, probably the same now. It's probably even worse now with the way things are. But, uh, yeah, like, it's it's not, it's not a thing you're going to, like, pack in a job and uh, retire on. You know, you've got to, like, move your job around it. Uh, can I get uh, like a week off so I can like tour the like north of England or whatever? Fuck off! Yeah, is that why you stopped in it? It was expensive, man. It was expensive. Yeah. We like we had a practice room. Uh, we had a like practice room which was by Edinburgh Airport, and uh, we could have essentially like twenty four hour access to it. But for that twenty four access, you have to pay. I can't remember. It was one hundred and twenty or two hundred pound a month. <clears throat> so um, when you're like paying your own rent for your flat and you're living and stuff and you're paying on top of that like 100 you know like another 50 quid a month each for a practice room which you're theoretically only going in for like two or three hours a week you know it's financially it's starting to become a bit of a a bit of a burden um, so it was it was just not working and I had my own business and I couldn't um, devote the time. I think we're like talking like 2010, 2011, maybe 2012 or something. Um, I couldn't devote the time. This was with Meat Hammer, who just like started. I just didn't have the time to do my own business. And, uh, and and I was living in Glasgow and all the rest of the band was in Edinburgh. So I had to travel through from Edinburgh, uh, from Glasgow to Edinburgh every time for practice. And that cost me another tenner. Uh, so they, I was like, you know, I said to Sanchez, like, I can't uh, 
devote the time and attention to this that it deserves. So I'm going to have to leave. And then you told me about um, when you worked at Sleazy's, you were doing a gig in like broadcast or something, or you were playing a gig in Glasgow hmm. and you literally finished your shift straight away and you still, you went and played in your chef gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like the video, we've got a video for, um, uh, what's the song called? I can't remember what the song's called. Cotty Ass. And uh, I'd finished. Um, and it was one of the guys we were friendly from like playing in Holland, like uh, Remco Tielemann. He was the guy that videoed it and he'd like, he did the artwork for a substitute for a catastrophe. Um, he was do a video for us, so I had to like finish work, getting the bus through, and immediately to the practice room. And like, you know, I was wearing <laughs> I was wearing like shitty white t shirt and like beige shorts that I'd been wearing in the kitchen all day, smelling of meat and frying and cheese. Uh, so I not particularly metal, but you know, such is the nature of the beast. <laughs> what, hey, what was your last Zilla gig? That you played. Oh Christ's teeth! Um, can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. It had been two thousand two thousand and ten ish. I can't remember. And then they released the. Um, they released um, Serpentine Hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were fine with that. Because it was all right. It sounded all right. Ah, it's all right. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, um, a lot of the songs that are on it were songs that we were working on uh, before I left. One of the songs I'd actually written. Um, Did you get royalties? <laughs> fuck off. Ten uh, percent of fuck all is still fuck all. It is indeed. Ah, uh, uh, it's all right. You know, some of the. I don't think the album is got quite the uh, character as Substitute. I think it's potentially a bit more um, not overproduced. Uh, Polished, that's it. Yeah, maybe overthought. It does quite have the, uh, I don't know, something that the previous album had. But maybe that's just because I'm Andy Yates. That's probably what's missing. Potentially, potentially, <laughs> yeah. yeah, potentially. But you're starting to write stuff again because you gave me a t-shirt recent. Well, about a year ago. Yeah, we've you know, got. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, myself and the Sanchez have been like, um, like how far forward? forward? How f- much uh, we're forward? Pre- yeah, we're pretty close. Um, guitars are done. The bass is done. The drums e- are done. EP album. It'll be an album. Nice. Fucking short album. Uh, yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky if it's twenty five minutes. It's gonna be a short album. Uh, we're just like waiting for, to get the vocals. There's a few more like uh, lyric lyricals uh, to be done. Um, I was working on the lyrics just the other day to send through to the Sanchez um, for him to arrange. Um, we're gonna get a few guest vocal slots. There's um, Ali Ali Lauder from Edinburgh, who's in a couple of like you know pretty seriously impressive death metal bands. He's gonna do some guest vocals and some tracks. Um, but yeah, the vocals are the next things to do, and then once that's all been done, once it's all been recorded, it's going to be sent off to get uh, mastered. Who's and, drumming? Uh, a guy called Robin Stone, an Aussie drummer who does like session drumming. Oh, nice! So then yeah. that for you. nice one. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes it difficult to play gigs. I know, yeah. Amongst other things, but yeah. yeah. So I doubt we'll ever be like treading the boards at any point soon. That's good, though. At least it's kind of coming full circle again, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you get back to... What's it going to be called again? 
I think you had a name for it last time. Um, I'm sure. Those who know. Those that wasn't that the last time. Was it not? Uh, it would have been. Was it those who know? Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, wait, I kind of get the reference actually. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair the al- the album's kind of got a lyrical theme, and it's got a theme, uh, which you know. Yeah. Right, okay, uh, yeah, I understand it. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's that's quite clever, yeah. actually, in a sense. When's that? When are you thinking for dates? Oh Christ! Um, Come on, you need to be fucking. Don't know. We could get Ivory Blacks or something. <laughs> Ivory Blacks, Strawberry Fields, yeah, uh, Audio, or Slay or whatever it's called now. I don't know. Uh, there's Audio. There's. Uh, G two, you could probably do up upstairs in the garage or something. I doubt we'd even like. You'd pull court. up. You'd pull nah, up. We wouldn't. Just, we wouldn't. Nah. We'd be lucky to fucking fill audio. You'd get downstairs nice and sleazy. You just need to promise to make some fucking scran for folk Fuck's, afterwards. I hate uh, those cunts at sleazy's. Man. <laughs> I wouldn't even piss on the place, let alone like play a gig there. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay, kind of part two. Right. Zilla has been wrapped. Those who know will be out in the near future, I hope. Hopefully before the end of the year. Oh, that'd be class. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so your other kind of life that you've got. Fucking Mr. Meathammer. Indeed. Mr. Meat. Right, so you started off, you said they were on like a Scottish themed restaurant as like a KP pretty much. I was a waiter. A waiter, right. And you were in a kitchen as well as a KP at one point as well. Yeah, it was like Royal Scott Hotel, like yeah. Gogoburn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That was all your kind of first kind of takes on food, I suppose. Uh, well, I was doing a, I was doing a, currently I was doing a degree in hospitality management, so I was like doing like shit uh like kitchen modules so you know we'd work in kitchens in the university and stuff and all that kind of stuff so it wasn't utterly alien what made you get out all that stuff in terms of you got out of the like kind of kitchen scene didn't you a wee bit and you moved on like the kind of coffee scene yeah starbucks yeah when i graduated in 95 I was like, man, fuck this. You know, there's no way I want to like do this for my life, like working like long hours for low wages. So no, yeah, I can't be arsed with it. Uh, so I was looking for a uh, typical graduate employment, marketing, blah, all that kind of pish. Uh, didn't get anything. Um, and then, then one day I got a message from mum. She said, have you seen the job app, job section, Scotsman? Um, I was like, nah. So I bought the Scotsman. I had a look. At that time, I was living in Edinburgh, so the Scotsman was a local paper. Or the Evening News, and, or Evening Times, or whatever it was. Evening News, it was in Edinburgh, Evening Times, in the Weege. Uh, I had a look through, and it was like a tiny wee advert for like staff wanted for American themed coffee bar. And I thought, you know, fucking hell, I'll give it a bash. Like, I was, I think, <laughs> as a KP, I was getting £3, £3.10 an hour. And uh, the wage in the coffee shop was like three twenty two or three twenty five. And I thought, oh, oh, nice big bucks. Uh, so applied for it and uh, got the interview, got the job, brought my hand in as a KP, uh, got the job uh, in the coffee shop, and you know, worked my way through coffee shop worlds, working in London, uh, Edinburgh, um, and then I was eventually through in Glasgow. Um, and yeah, Seattle Coffee Company, Starbucks. Yeah, did the coffee shop scene in the late nineties. When it was before it was cool. When it was still cool, I yeah. thought it was like a bit shit. Yeah, I was sorry before it was shit. When it was cool, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. When did you 
start like experimenting yourself with food and start doing your own take on things. You know uh, what I mean? When I was uh, <laughs> when I had a run in with uh, Starbucks management. What, what happened? Like, what did you do? Or did they do? Uh, well, um, I was offered a choice of either leave voluntarily or go through the disciplinary procedure and be sacked. Oh, what did you do? Um, I left voluntarily. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't agree with Starbucks policies, um, the way they ran places, so I did it my own way. And I thought, oh, you know, I was getting all getting all on all right with it in a like, you know, good sales, good staff retention. And then one day I came to work and there was this like fucking cunt up from head office. Um I was like, who the fuck's this bitch? And it's like <laughs> And then, you know, an hour later I was called up to speak to the area manager upstairs and you know, uh you see you're not following procedures, uh this is gross misconduct. Uh, but you're still making us money. But you're still making us money, but you're not towing the line. Uh, so you can you can fire you or you can leave. Uh, so I left. Where did you go after that? Uh, signed on. <laughs> <laughs> signed on. And it's like, um, after I left, um, pretty much 90% of the staff that worked for me left as well. Um, That's it. You cannot buy loyalty with nah. staff and... That's become apparent for yeah. me recently as well. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's different. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if like people are happy working somewhere, um, they will go the extra mile. Um, and they were happy the way I was running things, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, no disrespect to Starbucks, the wage was pretty good for working in the coffee shop back then. So, you know, the ads, perks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was becoming a bit of a police state. Um something i didn't agree with um so i didn't run it as a police state um and you know whatever way word got back to head office that i wasn't and you know they had to come and crush this rebellion <laughs> anyway so I, yeah i left and um took a lot of people with me and two of the guys that left with me um gregor who who'd worked for me in the Seattle Coffee and the Wolf Man, who'd also worked in Seattle Coffee Company, had come up and he was assistant manager. Um, we got together and was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. He said, why don't we just open our own coffee shop? And I was like, mm, uh, none of us have got any money. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, but we've got these options. And so there was a thing called the Prince's Trust. And up till you're 27, uh, you can get a grant Um which helps you start your own business. So we put together a business plan and blah, 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 got it all together and eventually all the shit worked and we got the the uh, the Princess Trust loan and we got a bank loan and we got a property and then we sort of put it all together and built it, slept on floors in people's houses and uh, lived in squalor for a long time. Um, and eventually opened up where the monkey sleeps and uh yeah we saw life so from there is where we started where i started like putting together uh sandwiches and soups as, and you know what, what we did coffee and cakes and that usual pish um but we like um uh 
what's the word? In, not embedded. Surrounded, surrounded it in like um, anti-standard issue coffee shop shit. So we played like, you know, provocative music and we had provocative decor and, you know, we didn't make it like it was all a forelock tugging shit. Um, and we had like great uh, customers, loyal customers. And, um, you know, we were like won awards for our food, won awards for our vibe. And, you know, we had good like connections with the art school because Gregor and Jim had both been ex Glasgow School of Arts, you know, good art school connections and we had like good media connections and uh, yeah, we were like like utterly cutting edge in Glasgow in like early two thousands. Really good. Yeah, I've actually spoken to a few folk who were in Glasgow in that time and you say monkey sleeps is like a certain not demographic, but like certain types of people. Yeah, they just just yeah. standard like chavs or spice boys and that was like yeah, a, but it was exactly. like decent people yeah, that we'd go to yeah, and that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even when I went there, it was still really nice. And you were out there for like a decade before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, yeah. I don't know if it's still there, actually. Nah, it's finished. Is it? It's, it's gone. When did it finish? Pandemic? Uh, possibly, yeah. Possibly right. pandemic. Well, I left. You left in 2010. 2010. And then yeah. it was like taken over by... Uh, <laughs> um, And then, you know, they ran it for another couple of years, a few years, and, you know, you know, I wish him all the misery in the world and I hope they die horrible, painful I still love death. that story about the, you're going to see Metallica. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cunts, Cunts, yeah, that night. That was like the That was Death that, Magnetic that, Tour. Yeah, I know, yeah. You've seen him, who supported again? Machine Head and the Sword. The Sword, the Sword, I, they supported you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I really yeah, like yeah. the Sword. Yeah, um, you went but, to that gig in a terrible mood because yeah. you just, like, quit your job that day. Well, I didn't quit, well, quit my job. You, no, yeah. I, th I threatened to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So you left that, and then you kind of—that's when you started Meet Hammer Ltd. Kinda. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What? Where much. did you go straight into for that? Was it straight into Sleazy's from there? Sleazy's. Yeah. Well, uh, Monkey Sleeps had already Sleazy's had asked us to take over their kitchens um, as Monkey Sleeps, um, so I'd been in the Sleazy's kitchen. I can't remember how long, maybe a couple of months. Um, it's a tiny kitchen. Like is. that documentary is like you walk in, there's like a oh, bench and then there's like a... The size of this fucking room. Yeah. Bollocks. Yeah. No storage. No, I think it's nah. bullshit. Uh, all right, so Sleaze has asked us to come in as Ray the Monkey Sleeps, take over their kitchen. So we did that, you know, and it was, so... And then when I had my <clears throat> disagreement with the uh, investors of Where the Monkey Sleeps... Disagreement of where they should live or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, I my uh, my choice was that they die, <laughs> the thumbs down, and all that. However, you know, in the modern world, you can't do that. Uh, so yeah, I left, and um, Sleazy's were quite happy to take me on independently, which I salute them for doing that. It was a big move, and that's where Meat Hammer was born. You know, Meat Hammer was born from the ashes of where the monkey sleeps. And you started it from there, and then did you start Meat Hammer? Was it just called Sleazy's Kitchen, or did you start Meat no, Hammer? No, Meat Hammer, it was Meat right, Hammer. Right, okay. Where did you get the name from? Uh, we had a, we actually had a sandwich at, uh, where the monkey sheep's called the Meat Hammer. Right, okay. And I thought, man, why not? That's my idea, yeah. you know, I'll fucking use it. And at that time, um, I'm kind of going off the, the James versus Food documentary, sorry, mm. James versus Burger mm. documentary, and you had like ad lib at the time, 
you had Block, they were doing stuff too, but you were really the... Yeah, we, we were the first. You to, were the first to start doing this whole, like... The, like, yeah. purely focused burger things. Yeah. All the other places, like, had burgers as an option on the menu. Oh, yeah, but it was just burger with cheese and bacon. That yeah. was never anything, but you were you took it to a different level that was, like, unthought yeah, yeah, of at yeah. the time. And we, we, we sort of did... Everything we did was burgers, you know, different you know varieties of burgers. It was our, our thing. Um, and... When did you notice it? It was getting like because obviously trends kicked in. Uh, well, you know, it's, um, when we won the first burger, of the burger of the year, it was with Lucretia. Um, that was the one at James versus Burger. <laughs> burger Predominantly <did>. cheeseless. <laughs> <laughs> Still uh, the best thing you ever said yeah, on camera. Um, it was after that. After I thought like Lucretia was like one of the worst burgers, not even the worst, but just like one of the shitter burgers we did. Yeah, I mean, so it was pineapple, yeah. pineapple, tomato, pineapple, nay cheese, chili jam, chili jam, yeah, bit of pulled pork. Yeah, that was really bit it. Of buffalo, bit of buffalo. Yeah, but in comparison to everything else, we had like well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The boars, yeah. pig nut, like of all the things at the yeah. time. Yeah, um, even the sob. Yeah, it was like I remember like uh, oh, it's dill pickle and world d- burger no. sauce or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a world eater. World eater, yeah. Uh, SB, what was that? was like yeah. a poor man's It was like burgers, bacon burger sauce, um, uh, bacon, bacon caramelized onions, oh, was pickle, it, yeah. the purple, uh, onion. double bacon, oh, yeah, cheddar, and all that. Fucking drilling, thinking about it again. Yeah. Um, aye, so, uh, can't remember what your question was. The, like, how you, this, how do you notice that it kind of got popular? Yeah, well, we were busy. We were, pretty busy um but then the james versus burger thing came out and then we got even busier and it was like oh man this is insane and um it was after that really that you know intra i didn't realize so many people followed that blog or so many people were like affected by that kind of like vibe and it became more and more and then there was like more and more burger joints popped up in glasgow and you would have uh um more of the bigger players, more like international bread meets bread, and yeah, bad guys like and all that shit. People with more money behind them, like yeah, we were just like yeah. a wee shitty kitchen in a, in, yeah. a, in a boozer. You know, it's like we can't afford to like compete with all these other cunts. Yeah. Hi, um, so I, that was pretty much it. Who was the first person to come to you outside of Sleazy's and be like, right? Because there was a few, wasn't there? There was a record factory. Yeah, Record Factory up in Byers Road said, you know, we'd like to do, you do the same thing there, here as you're doing the Sleazy's. And I was like, you know, what? up in the West End, you know, fucking, you know, a lot of target market up there. So. Was it a good place to work that? No, it was a shithole. Utter <laughs> shithole. Great product. Oh, shithole. man, it was like. It's like the fucking theme of your life. Oh, it was run by cowboys and tax dodgers and like cunts who didn't want to pay this and that. And the next thing. Yeah, it was brutal. A hellhole. Hated it. Bad move on my point. Bad move. And but, you know, hey ho. The other one was, was it just Old Inn as well? Just no, the Old Inn, yeah. Just, just the a three, in. just a three. Yeah, just a three. Yeah. Okay. Old Inn, yeah, that kind of like had a knock-on effect from the record factory because Callum Miller, who run the Old Inn, knew the bastard who was like fucking in charge <laughs> in of... the club night shape. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. indie like bullshit, you know, like yeah. fucking... Uh, who's that shit band that you'd always put on? Um, Me? No, not you. Fucking Miller. What, The View? Was it The View? I don't know. Was that the cunt from Kakodi? No, that was Dundee, I'm sure. I can't mind. It was some 
there is there, oh I don't know one of the Pre- one... Beatnik Prestige maybe I don't nah, know. nah nah like, nah, nah, like, nah, nah, nah. I've never even heard of them right okay alright but it was maybe The View anyway some shit like <laughs> late 2019 bands like right, okay. fucking played like jingly jangly indie pish <laughs> anyway yeah yeah so he had asked us we got a place in Dunfermline you know we, and I thought eh, you know see what it's all about hometown vibes and all that eh? yeah indeed um and I thought, yeah, you know, give it a bash. And went down a storm. You know, we were fucking rammed, really busy. Once again, working in a shithole with, like, poor facilities and utterly, like, ravaged by rats. Uh, but, you know, it it was busy. It was successful. And, um, yeah, when I left, I got right up in the local paper. And, you know. It was gotten when you left. Got a copy of the bastard here. What if when you left? Yeah, you just keep that at your legs, just well, in case not, you need a confidence every, boost. Every time I have to, like, you know, feel good about myself. <laughs> For fuck's sake! Actually Steph, Steph actually got a copy of that for me from her birthday the other year. Really, and just like, framed it. Right. But she hasn't framed it. It's in there somewhere. Fuck's sake! Oh wait, I see it. I literally pulled on the right page. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe that one that's folded down. Right. Yeah. There. End of an era. The old one. That's where I come into play. That's where. The Stormund. That's where Stormund into the fucking. Oh, God. (laughs) I will say it was probably the best. In terms of like. It's probably the best movie you made in your entire life. It is, it is, it was. It taught me a lot of things, you know what I mean? (laughs) Working with you is is hard work, you know what I mean? You're not. You're very old school in a lot of ways, which is absolutely fine. Uh, But that graft in there was unreal. In Mm. in terms of what I've like worked with since, but I mean, like literally walking in every day. I mean, how often have you had to peel and chop a twenty-five kilo bag of spuds every day, and then roll your own bread and make your own burgers? And it wasn't just shit burgers; it was proper good burgers. Everything to the to the salt that we made, every type of garnish. Yeah, nobody does that. Yeah, nobody nobody does does that. Yeah, that's why I'm not a millionaire. Because I did that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the GP on everything must have been shit. Yeah, like but it was one percent. So, I know it was so fucking good though. It was so popular. Um, yeah, I actually got approached a couple of years ago about making a book about the recipes in that. Did you not? Yeah, that one there. That's not. Oh, that's a photo. Yeah, yeah, but it's a guy. Ah, yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, like yeah. said, like you need yeah. to like a book. Oh, you do. Book of recipes. You do. Yeah. I can't. You know, thing is, something I can't. I don't know if I can remember all of them uh, properly. Between like me. You, Anna, don't know if Ben's had enough. Anna, I uh, crazy she, she, Anna, crazy Anna. She's yeah. probably like in some fucking like cell. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking. that fucking monkey, monkey cousin of hers. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all um, rope it together. Like, mm. it was the fucking best food. I still, I still get asked. You know what I mean? Like. I've been asked so many times to go make because I know the, the recipe by heart for things and that, and I've kind of sworn to secrecy like I said to you, but I'd love to to do it again. But yeah, so that ended in two thousand and nineteen. Was it? Yeah, it was Jan because I came back after I've been away for two years and we did the last shift together, and I took a photo of me and you with the last burger. Is that two thousand nineteen? Yeah, it was about March twenty nineteen ish. Right. Yeah. Um, what made you want to stop? I don't think you didn't want to stop, did you? You just kind of got kind of life. Life just kind of jumped, didn't it? I don't know. It was. It was just like kind of got to the point where, um, like the old inn just wasn't cutting it. You know, it was too restrictive. You know, we'd get busy on a Saturday, we couldn't cope with it because the kitchen wasn't busy, big enough. The the 
facilities. We didn't have enough grills. The fryers were too small. We needed double this, double that. It was just, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't cope with it. We didn't have storage for stuff. You know, we were putting through stuff in a bag. What was that dusty cupboard we had? That was storage. <laughs> Hell, man. <laughs> We've been shut down in seconds. Yeah, uh, looking back, it was a fucking... But yeah, we had H-O- like... We had domestic yeah. fridges where we needed industrial fridges. Yeah. We, we were like, you know, we had things all over the place. You know, if we were making like chips in the morning, all the surfaces were covered in fucking yeah. chips. Triple and, cook, man. And then we'd have to, the freezers were all full and ugh, it was rubbish and the oven didn't work a lot of the time. You couldn't light it. Um, we had that one poxy boss, which was too small. And, you know, it, just, it was, we'd just reached capacity for what we were doing. Yeah, um, you were there for like five years, I think. Yeah, by that point. And then you know, like nothing because it was such an old building, nothing was going to change. You know, it was if they're going to knock through that dusty yeah, storeroom and yeah. build a brand new sparkling kitchen. I'm sure I put an Iron Man poster up to like cover up the fucking hole in the door <laughs> or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was just. It wasn't built for the capacity we were like doing, and um, and you know. Things weren't going to change, and you know, Miller wasn't going to invest any money in it, and the guys who own the place weren't going to give Miller any money, whoever yeah, they were. Yeah, um, and they got an, you know a, a friend Dev from Liverpool, who I'd known for like decades. He'd been asking me to come to Liverpool for ages, and I was like, you know what, you know, fuck it, let's give it a spin. Yeah, a change is as good as a break. So I thought, yeah, I'll finish now while I'm at the top instead of like. Oh, lying. you were at the top, you know yeah. What I mean? Instead of languishing in like fourth division, I think that was like the kind of only place in Dunfermline as well that was pro- like, like you said about the nobody does that of, of putting yeah. the effort in. I think nobody still does that. It, you know what I mean? Maybe not in burger cuisine, but maybe in other cuisines, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it was one of. I don't think there's. I don't like. I can't think of another good burger place going just now, like proper good. That's because yeah. the margins are so small. That's it. Like the the, well, the, the labor that goes into that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we did twelve hour shifts, and yeah. nine of that was prepping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I mean? Really, yeah. it was a long. So, uh, did you ever you watch that uh, James versus Burger thing? Eh? Did you ever watch it back? The James versus Burger. No, thing? Wait, no, hold on. No, what was the other one you did? The oh, the one you sent me the other day. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I've never right. watched that. Never watched that. I watched it back. So it's <laughs> fucking funny. But Don't know see, if I could do it, man. see the comments, man. You're you know you should never read the comments, but I did. One of the best comments I read, right? Was in capital letters, okay, just straight up. His name was, is it cause I's back? Okay, that's his name, okay. And in capital letters, matter of opinion, wouldn't feed this to a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> just capital letters, just like out the blue. Everyone's like, I love it, love it, love it, love uh... it. And then another guy was like, the guy needs a shave or a net over his face, nothing worse than a beard they chef. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, you can't. Oh, man, alive. Should have walked in there when I was in there. My beard was like, didn't <laughs> no. brutal, man. You had fucking big stupor, like sweat and shit everywhere. I know, I know. Fucking hell, man. It's not tears, it's sweat. <laughs> <laughs> big Lenny. <laughs> oh, man, alive. Do you miss doing that stuff? Like, no, because it was hard work. It was, it was good. It, it was, was like, it was like taxing hard graft. Taxing, on a Saturday, yeah. I would like be in there for six in the morning. Having to make bread so it's ready yeah, at twelve because yeah, no. you know you're gonna get absolutely cunted for the rest of the yeah, day, no. and if you don't, you're fucked. Yeah. You know you have to make that sacrifice. Uh, 
was always me he stormed and go to Booker's yeah. get us this stuff and Tesco he, no it was, it was Booker's mine I lived in Rasai so I had to go to Booker I probably had to go to Tesco as well I went to Booker's for Miller uh, I don't no, remember ever saying he'd Tesco's for me I had to go to Tesco for something I think like always in Tesco every fucking yeah. morning was at fucking Tesco <laughs> uh, but yeah it was you know it was uh, it was hard it was hard graft don't know if I would like want to go back to it unless it was like uh, the facilities were better and the situation was better. And... Staffing as well. We were always like kind of low on staff and we we're always kind of trimmed. You well, know the I mean? thing is when you're quite low on staff, the staff you have got are good. You know, the more staff you get, generally the quality of staff are less. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank yeah. you. Well, you know, it's like, um, you know, if, if you've got like three staff, if one of those three staff are shit, you know, you're going to yeah, suffer. Whereas yeah. if you've got 10 staff and one of those staff are shit, you're not going to suffer so much. We were thinking of just me and you at one point. It like, was, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. brutal trying to get a replacement and try to figure things out. Who was the replacement? I can't even remember. We had like, go say Gumsy. Gumsy. Uh, that was <laughs> fun. Phantom. Fun times. And then we got Anna and that. And then Anna was all right. Anna was really good. And then my body caved in my fucking leprosy, as you called it. <laughs> the Stoddish leprosy. And that's when Stewpot came in. Was and it Stewpot? Stu, uh, Stu replaced me. Um, good swap that was um, and all the meantime Ben is like stairfall and mother was like in and out and in and out and in and out <laughs> oh, the most unstable mother in the world she fell down the stairs again Christ <laughs> on a Saturday morning yeah. before a busy weekend <laughs> what funny about uh, that isn't it and the fires are at home yeah. fucking hell what are the chances man <laughs> nah I think you should like in the future no I'm not saying start up a another food bit but do something with the meat hammer name in terms yeah. of like get something sorted because there is a big demand for it. I still get asked a lot about it and like oh like the old in I bet I, I've not worked in old in for like five six years but I bet folks still come in and go oh do you still do the burgers you know what I mean that'll yeah. so it'd be yeah. good if that was a thing again yeah maybe I'd have to find the right like uh, get the right I doubt I'd be involved in the kitchen I don't know if I would like fucking in amongst it you yeah. know Balls deep as it were. Yeah, not fifty two, I know. Yeah, fifty one. <laughs> not even not even fifty one. Okay, fifty one in like twenty days. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Um, whether it ever happens, I don't know. I don't know. People have asked, as you say, the book has been asked for. Whether it happens, I don't know. Do you ever get messages like random on Instagram? Like, I do. I was uh, like, you yeah. know, I just got a message asking for the recipe of the red mist just the other day from somebody who used to come into Sleazy's. Yeah. I do actually, you know, you know, get a reasonably, well, I was going to say a reasonably regular amount of recipes, but, you know, not that regular. But, you know, every now and again, I'll get some cunt who will like say, you know, you sort of come and get the burgers, love them, but, you know, how do you make this? Yeah. Um, and I'll, like, send them through. Um, Have you ever did the cow the love bite? That was the worst burger ever with the peanut butter. Oh, the love bite was great. No. It won a, it won I mean, a, it won awards, yeah. but I get peanut butter on a burger. It's, you know I mean? It was not the best. Oh, man, you're, nah. well, you're 28 now. You uh, should, your palate's mature enough to nah, appreciate it. I just it. don't appreciate it at all. Oh, um, man, it was good. See, when I get, like, we get, like, staff and I know, like, oh, that burger's total big. It, like, it monitors the site. Big, I mean. Oh, big as in size, yeah. You know what mm. I do? I just whip out a picture of the Merry Gentleman. Oh. I mean, that Christmas <laughs> one, it was like yeah. nine layers. Yeah, like, yeah. You went for it as well as taste. You went for image too. And it was mm. obviously like, you always said like, oh, if folks said, well, it's too big to eat. And well, that's your department. I just cook it for you. You, know, yeah. you always go for the, the image as well. And uh, Yeah. 
Well, you get you get the tough guy. Well, you know, I'm gonna yeah. like we had when you had that burger, the dead man, which was a double burger. Yeah, oh fuck. And it was like kind of like like that, and you get these cunts like I'm gonna fucking have the dead man because I'm a big muscly son of a bitch, and you know, I've got to eat the biggest thing in the menu. And it gets tanked, yeah. So then you know, big big nachos as well. I missed that. That was a fucking plate for. That was like Willie Willie's fault. Yeah. <laughs> whatever his surname Willie, whatever his surname was. I don't know. Wilhelm. That was yeah. what he used to call him. Wilhelm. But yeah, like he asked for a big plate of nachos and I had a big pig of nachos. But you know, it was his fault. Yeah. Fucking hate doing nachos. Yeah. I hate that it. and salad. Because obviously you made, you made a good salad as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but, it's, but yeah. We're in a fucking burger joint. We're not I here know. to make salads. You yeah, want salad, know. you know, stay at home, go somewhere else. You know, have a burger. Don't have yeah. a come here and have a salad. I it's know. like, yeah. But, you know, hey ho, people are, people are fickle by nature. Yeah, I think that's kind of rounded up then. We've covered the metal. You're going to hopefully do something with Zilla at the end of the year, for those who know. Hopefully. Hopefully. And in working, we're just going to stay in Liverpool for a bit longer, I think, until <laughs> life calms down a bit. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything yeah. you'd want to do in the future? Is there anything like aspect? You know what I mean? You're a very driven person that, that's when they want something done, they get it done to the best kind of standard yeah that's a comfort. um so, is there anything you'd ever want to do with life that would even if it's musical or even if it's like cooking nah <laughs> you're fine just fucking dying off on your flat <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I'd, like, I'd actually quite like to get him away my new bike i've so i've had it for a fucking year and a half i've not even been on it yet oh, no. i'd quite like to like give that a spin Mind, uh, uh, you try to get your bike through the old in or the football crowd oh, on like, man, a Saturday like, cunts. Oh, brutal yeah. a lot of time I just have to go out the back door like yeah. up past the bins like wrestle through like 20,000 squirrels <laughs> like getting up the stairs but yeah uh, but I'd like to get out of a new bike but it's not that new anymore because well, I think this September I've had it for two years and I haven't even used it yet uh, so I'd quite like that but you know see what happens yeah cool I think we're done Finally, finally got part two well the original we finally got this re-recording that sounds alright and it's still recording that's uh, the good. thing is you've got like the part one which nobody's ever going to hear because know, it's like I know it's vanished into like the firmament I know that was horrible man longest <laughs> drive home in my life like just not nah, fucking region cool right Andy as always thank you my pleasure